For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be frightened, Mary, the angel told her. God has chosen to bless you. You will become pregnant and have a son, and you're to name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. But Mary asked the angel, How can I have a baby? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby born to you will be holy and will be called the Son of God. While Mary was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit and Joseph, her fiancé, being a just man, decided to break the engagement quietly so as not to disgrace her publicly. As he considered this, he fell asleep, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, don't be afraid to go ahead with your marriage to Mary, for the child in her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this happened to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Behold, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. He will be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. This prophecy from Isaiah 7:14 was given 700 years before Jesus was born. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He brought Mary home to be his wife, but she remained a virgin until her son was born. And at the time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. All returned to their own towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled from the village of Nazareth in Galilee and took with him Mary, his wife, who was great with child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. That night, there were shepherds in the fields outside the village guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. 
They were terribly frightened, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news of great joy for everyone. A savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born tonight in Bethlehem, the city of David. And this is how you will recognize him. You will find a baby lying in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host from heaven, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The angels left and the shepherds said to each other, Come, let us go to Bethlehem and see this wonderful thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they ran to the village and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in a manger. The shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard their story were astonished, but Mary kept these things in her heart. The shepherds went back to their fields and flocks, glorifying and praising God. Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And at the same time came wise men from the east to Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We've seen his star that arose and have come to worship him. Herod was deeply disturbed by their question as well all of Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law. Where do the prophets say the Messiah will be born? He asked. In Bethlehem, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. O Bethlehem of Judea, you're not just a lowly village of Judah, for a ruler will come to you who will be the shepherd for my people, Israel. This prophecy is found in Micah 5 and verse 2 and 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 2. Both were written 700 years before Jesus was born. So Herod sent a message to the wise men, asking them to come to see him. At this meeting, he learned the exact time when they first saw the star. And then he told them, go to Bethlehem, search diligently for the child. And when you find him, come and tell me that I may go and worship him too. After this meeting, the wise men went on their way, and once again the star appeared to them to guide them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them, and it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house where the child and his mother were, and they fell down and they worshipped him. They opened their treasure chest. They gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But when it was time to leave, they went another way, because God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. After the wise men were gone, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. He said, get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. The angel said, stay there until I tell you to return because Herod will try and kill the child. 
That very night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. The Lord fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. Out of Egypt have I called my son. Herod was furious. When he learned the wise men had outwitted him, he sent soldiers to kill all the baby boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under because the wise men had told him that the star had first appeared to them about two years before. Then later, when Herod died, God's angel appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, take the child and his mother and return to Israel. All those who wish to murder the child are dead. So Joseph obeyed. He arose and he took the child and his mother and he re-entered Israel. When he heard though that Herod's son had taken over as king in Judea, he was afraid to go there. But then Joseph was directed in a dream to go to the hills of Galilee. On arriving, he settled in the village of Nazareth, fulfilling the words of the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life and this is the story of Christmas People have been using candles for thousands of years. Their use for the longest have been a light source, but over time have gained cultural and religious significance across the world. The Jewish holiday Hanukkah centers around the lighting of candles. This holiday is also known as the Festival of Lights. Catholics use candles to honor deceased saints. In the colonial days, Irish settlers would light candles to let visitors know that their home would offer them refuge from the, a storm outside. The bright burning flame from a light tower was a beacon to help guide sailors in their ships at night. I think one of the most notable uses of the candle is by Harriet Tubman during the Underground Railroad helping slaves flee to freedom. No matter what religious and cultural background that you have, the candlelight has special meaning to us all. Even in our everyday lives, candles are used for special moments. From the very first fiery infer uh, inferno encountered on a birthday cake with a little birthday candle, we're introduced to this magical experience of our wishes coming true. Candlelight has been used for a relaxing evening while taking a bath or used at a romantic dinner with a loved one. But this morning, as we light our candles together, I want to pose this question. What does the candlelight mean to us this morning? The candles we hold in our hands are not just symbolic, they are a testament of the stories of old, a, of a pro profound reality of Christ's 
light in our lives today. Today, a Savior is born. With each passing flame, we step closer and closer to the Christmas story. The flames we have before us are not just an electric candle here. They are messengers carrying the whispers of God's eternal plan. Jesus spoke his light. In Genesis, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light and it was good. In the very beginning, God spoke and the light shattered the darkness. Picture the moment when God spoke and the universe came into existence. The acts of creation was the start of God's plan, setting the stage for his redemptive work through Jesus Christ. This Christmas, let us remember that the same creator who spoke light into this world in Genesis is the one who uh, drew up this grand story of redemption. The lights on our homes and on our street corners during this season are a beautiful reminder of that initial act that paved the way for this coming savior. Today we celebrate that truth. And, and this is what I'm si excited about is God sent his light. He didn't just speak his light, but he sent his light. Jesus declared in John, he said, I am the light of the world. This Christmas season is a celebration of God's grand entrance into human history. The word became flesh. Jesus declared himself as the light of the world. The angels declared this joyful news to the shepherds. The star led the wise men to the newborn king, emphasizing to us this divine light. Just as the star guided the wise men to baby Jesus, the, the light of the world guides us through this darkness of light. This Christmas, let the twinkling lights on your tree and on homes remind us of the eternal light that entered our world. Our world offering salvation, offering shelter in the midst of the storm, offering guidance in the midst of unsettling times and freedom to those who seek it. That's why we gather here this morning. That's what the candle means to us this morning. Today, a savior is born. He's come to this world offering salvation, mercy, and freedom. Let the reality of this truth fill our hearts and our lives with gratitude and thanksgiving. Let it drive us to become bearers of light. Like in Matthew 5, let us be lights to this world like a city set on a hill. The light we've received is not meant to be kept to ourselves and hid it, but it's, but it's for us to let our light shine brightly, guiding those to our source of light, and that's Jesus Christ. This Christmas, as we hold our, our candles this morning in our hands, let gratitude fill our hearts, not only by the acknowledgement of, of, of God speaking light into existence, but the act of him sending his light, Jesus Christ. In Psalms 107, it says, let us give thanks to the Lord. This morning, let us recognize his goodness and his love for us, his enduring love that chases after us each and every day. The candlelight now becomes not just a symbol of uh, illumination, but of our gratitude of God's love 
His reckless love, His unrelenting love that chases after us, that is manifested in His Son, Jesus Christ. And our hearts let us kindle the flame of gratitude. Gratitude for the promises spoken in the beginning and filled in the manger. Gratitude for the light that has entered our world bringing salvation and eternal life. Let's lift our voices for a minute in gratitude. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a hallelujah, a hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but I'm nothing else fit for a king except for a heart singing.
and lift up a praise to the King this morning. Come on, today a Savior is born. Hope and salvation and freedom has entered the world. This morning, we just want to take a quick second before we pray you out, and we just want to thank everybody who showed up early this morning and, and uh, put in a lot of work to, to pull off this service. So if you were here this morning, can we just put our hands together and thank those who showed up to serve? Couldn't have done it without you. And don't forget, we'll be back in two weeks on December 31st. So let's uh, uh, pray you out this morning. Let's lift our hands this morning. Father God, we thank you this morning and we express our deep gratitude for your spoken word, for the promises made in the beginning and that it was manifested and fulfilled in the manger. God, we thank you for sending your son, the light of the world to rid darkness and bring salvation. God, as we leave this place, may the gratitude kindle uh, the flames of our hearts to shine forward to be a testament to those in our community and our workplaces of you and your love and your peace that you bring to this world and God I just pray this morning may the Lord bless you and keep you may the Lord make his face to shine upon you in his bright light be gracious to you and may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his supernatural peace and we thank you this morning. And everybody said, amen. Y'all have a great week and a great Christmas holiday. We'll just see you December 31st.